Well, good morning again. Well, I really struggled with what to talk about this morning because I knew that whatever I said would not um, even come close to what you were going to hear from some of the people who are going to be speaking, as well as the worship team's incredible. Would y'all agree on that? Even when the bass guitars fall down. Uh, but as I prayed through it, as I talked through it, um, as I reflected on it, I thought it'd be good this morning just for a few moments to take a moment of reflection, but also looking forward. Um, when I was a kid, we'd travel to whether it be Augusta or Atlanta or South Georgia, and you'd always see one of these mile markers. Y'all know what I'm talking about? And, and I was always asking the question, uh, when do I get there? Or are we there what? Yeah, and my kids now torment me with the same kind of problem, same kind of questions. And it was always comforting to me as we progressed closer to our destination to see that we only had so many miles left. And I was, as I got older, I was able to look at the speedometer and how fast Dad was driving and then notice how many miles we had left. And if he maintained a certain speed, we would get there by this certain time and encouraging in my own mind because I'd never say it out loud, go faster, Daddy. You know, but as I think about our church and how far we've come in the last 10 years, it's important that we never arrive. Now hear what I just said. It's important that we never arrive. You get that? Because when we try to arrive someplace, then we stop. And God's not calling River Hills Church to stop. God's not calling any church to stop. When you stop, you die. You become ineffective with the gospel. And when we hear the different testimonies and the numerous stories of people that are in this room, and guys, we just it's the tip of the iceberg this morning, even in their own personal stories. Um, it's amazing to see how much further God wants to take us. It's amazing to see how far God has brought us and the influence we've had. And so I want to share a couple of things with you this morning and remind you of why we're here, where we're going, that kind of stuff. We're in a passage of Scripture in 1 Samuel chapter 7. We'll talk about it in just a few moments, but if you have your own copy of God's Word, open it up or scroll to it on your smartphone device. But uh, 11 years ago, or really 11 and a half years ago, God began to orchestrate in the hearts of my wife and I, Sarah Beth, to come back to Georgia to start River Hills Church. Now, we weren't sure about where that was going to be. We knew it would be on what we call the 316 corridor, somewhere between Athens and Lawrenceville. We were already planting or had planted a church in Hammond, Louisiana, uh, it was a very difficult plant in many regards because of things called Katrina and Rita, uh, different things like that, and just the community we're in and coming from a coming to southeast Louisiana in a Georgia mindset, you had to change everything that you thought church was about. Uh, but God began to bless there, and God began to use us there, and we bound, began to find our groove and began to find exactly how God was using us, and we saw people come to Christ. And by the time that we were about six years old at that church plant, we found ourselves complacent and satisfied where God would have us. And so um, there was a little girl in that church named Ann. And she, uh, when I say little girl, she was a college student. And she got a job serving on a church planting staff in Boston, Massachusetts. And so I've always had a desire to go do ministry or at least see Boston because of its history and its academia. And so we led a team to Boston, Massachusetts to assist in this church plant. And while we were there, whether it was walking around Boston and seeing where Paul Revere took his midnight ride or whether it was standing at the gates of Boston University where Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, preached so many sermons or whether it was just on the subway that they had there, 
God began to uniquely work in my mind saying this, you're not done planting churches, I have something else for you. And I wanted to say back to God, have you talked to Sarah Beth? <laughs> because one thing about starting a church, there have been times where we've gone without paychecks, there have been times where we prayed that God would allow people to come here. In fact, at our last church plant, the first service we had 120 people, that was amazing. We effectively grew it to the next Sunday to 20 people, it was awesome. <laughs> crawling in a fetal position, crying myself to sleep the night after. But God began to do some things there. I came home and hesitantly and come to Sarah Beth and said, look, I thank God may be leading us to go back to Georgia. What if you think if I started making a few phone calls? And she gave me her permission. We prayed about it. I made a phone call to a guy named Fred who's gone to be with the Lord. Um, and he met me at O'Charlie's Restaurant in Anniston, Alabama. Now, I never thought anything good could come out of Alabama, Alabama except I-20. But we met there, and we began to pray through the process of what it would be like to start a church, him along with a guy named Terry Little, who's in Texas right now doing the same thing, uh, starting churches and ministering to people. So we began to pray, and we began to get that ball rolling, and for the next nine months, uh, we began to take uh, trips, or I would take a trip every month and sometimes twice a month. I'd fly out of New Orleans at Wednesday morning. I'd meet with 10 or 12 people to develop investments along with a friend of mine who came, who's here today, who came to help plant the church. And we would meet with people and ask them for money. And I think we'd have 10 meetings and one of them would say maybe. And that was it. Then we'd fly back the next day. And this was further solidified that we needed to go plant a church when Sarah Beth came to me with what I thought was a thermometer one morning. And it was not a thermometer. I'm pregnant. <laughs> and so... <laughs> Through all this, after progressing through this and God giving us Caroline and we already had Cade, eight weeks after Caroline was born, we took the leap of faith along with some other people and came to Winder, Georgia to start River Hills Church. Uh, so we sold a house, had a baby, and bought a house in eight weeks. That's the definition of stupid, all right? <laughs> took a month off, began to have preview meetings, and on September 9, 2007, launched River Hills Church in the smelly aerobics room at the YMCA in Winder. And now look where we're at. It blows my mind. It's not just the people, it's the way God has moved. In 1 Samuel chapter 7, the nation of Israel had been completely disobedient with God. And because they had been disobedient with, with God, they began to lose God's favor, and so they came back to the Lord, and God delivered them a mighty victory. And after that mighty victory, the high priest Samuel came and he makes this statement. You'll see it in verse 12. We'll throw that on the screen and it says this. Then Samuel took a stone and he set it up between Mezpah and Shin. And he named it Ebenezer, saying, thus far the Lord has helped us. Or let me just say it this way. God has brought us this far. When we, ring, we sing that old hymn, now I raise my Ebenezer. Or when we talk about God bringing about an Ebenezer, it's the idea that God brings us to a place. Now, I want you to understand something. Before this happened, Israel was disobedient. God was taking them nowhere. But when they got on the same pathway with the Lord, God brought them this far. Listen to me, River Hills Church. God has brought you this far. And our Ebenezer is not a building. You need to get that. Buildings have never been important to this church. Thank God. The Ebenezer is every personal story in this church, a person who's been impacted by the Lord, a person who has followed Jesus, a person who's turned back to Jesus, 
a Latino church that meets with an Anglo church and an and a, and a, and a English-speaking church, a church that's diverse in color and culture and socioeconomics, a church that's about the gospel and nothing else. God has brought us this far, agreed? And it's amazing when I look out at these faces, and I know so many of your stories, and some of them I don't. God has brought you this far. God has brought my family this far when I got to baptize my son and got to baptize my daughter. God has done a great work here, but we have yet to arrive. You get that? There is so much more to do here. When we moved to Barrow County, 90%, 92% of this community did not attend church. We're down to about 91.5 now. There's so much more to do and so many more partnerships to make. Let me, let me just kind of tell you a couple things about how far God has brought us, okay? And I've got notes scattered on three or four different things, uh, things to celebrate, things to acknowledge, things to reflect on. Uh, I celebrate the fact that God brought us this far uh, a week before uh, we were supposed to have our first worship service. Nobody really knows this. We had printed out uh, 20,000 postcards. We put the YMCA was our location. But we were told we aren't sure if you're going to get this location or not. We had no idea where we were going to meet. But God in his sovereignty moves in a board meeting. And they allow us to meet at the YMCA for six years for free. Is that amazing or what? That's why you should join the Y. All right, just a plug. (laughs) God moved in such ways where even people donated sound equipment and lighting equipment. Do y'all remember if you were here when we first started putting the pipe and drape up? Any of y'all had to take the, I mean, that's the devil, and we've gotten rid of it. Other than he's right here, we've given them to other church plants so they can suffer in that affliction. But finding the people, <laughs> finding the people who would get up at six in the morning on a Sunday morning to come to the YMCA to set up 250 feet of pipe and drape and all the sound equipment and all the screens and all the projectors is amazing. To find the resources to hire staff, to find the resources to do the different evangelistic things, that is a God bringing us this far moment. Y'all get that? That is amazing. There have been times where we celebrated. There have been times where we've cried together. There have been times when we've buried people. There have been times when we've married people. We have more babies than we know what to do with, and they just keep coming. <laughs> God has brought us this far. A couple of things to reflect on. I'm way out of my notes here. We started with four people. Now we have 400 plus. Is that crazy? Here's my favorite one. Our first year, I think we had maybe two baptisms. Since River Hill started, we have had 290 people come to Jesus and be baptized. That's something to get fired up about. And can I do, I'm going to do this. If you've been baptized at River Hills, would you just like stand up for a minute? If, do you mind? Look at this room, y'all. That's a powerful testimony about what God has done, is it not? And uh, you guys have a seat. Thank you all for standing. I wasn't, gonna, I wasn't planning to do this. We've sent 110 missionaries either domestically or overseas internationally. Is that cool? Let me say it again. 110 individuals in this church have done mission work. Is that crazy or what? That is an amazing statistic about what God has done. We've been to Syria. We've been to Haiti. We've been to Peru. We've been to Nicaragua. We've been to parts of Africa and even a foreign country called Kentucky. It has been amazing to see what God has done in sending missions. We started a church, helped start a church in Stone Mountain. 
We have a Latino church plant right behind us that we've started, and we've supported churches in Madison. We've supported churches in Covington. We've supported churches in Chattanooga, Tennessee that are all worshiping right now. Is that cool? That is an Ebenezer moment. Couple of, I'm so far off track. We have a school that opens up tomorrow in Haiti. Is that cool? And uh, I think that's right. I'm probably going to get chastised and say no. We had a missionary there last week helping build walls and desks for the children that are going to be meeting there this week, barring the hurricane. We have a church that's getting started in Haiti. We helped start a nonprofit called the Barrow Ministry Village that provides free or reduced Christian counseling and supplies for foster care people as well as food to those in need. And as of June, they had seen over 600 different client visits at a reduced or free rate who needed the Christian counseling help they, could, they, they, they couldn't afford. Is that cool? That's making an impact in the community. That's God bringing us this far. But there is so much farther to go. There's so many other things I believe God is calling us to do. I'm not going to go into everything, but here's what I want you to dream and imagine with me as I kind of wrap up everything this morning. What are we going to look like in 10 more years? What are we going to be like? It's really easy, and here's my challenge, to become a holy huddle of believers. But that is not the River Hills Church that was started 10 years ago. It's really easy to lose our authenticity. And I truly believe out of the hundreds of churches I've been in, River Hills is the most authentic place I have ever been in, for good or bad. <laughs> we can't lose that authenticity. We can't lose our passion for God's word. Our mission statement is painted on our four-year wall is to bring truth and people together. We desire to bring truth to people that don't know Christ so they can know Christ. And we desire for those who know Christ to grow in the truth. If you know Jesus, my challenge to you is to grow in the truth. If you don't know Christ, my challenge to you is to come to know Christ. But in the next 20 years, the next 10 years, the next 5 years, the next 5 minutes, we will continue to do one thing, guys. Y'all with me on this? We're going to continue to bring truth and people together. We're going to continue to exalt Christ. We're going to continue to express the gospel. We're going to continue to open up God's word and see how that exemplifies change in each one of our lives and the lives of others. We're going to continue to send missionaries to the ends of the earth. We're going to continue to reach out and bring racial harmony. Guys, on October 8th, this is a cool thing. Okay, I wasn't going to share. I'm way off notes. October 8th, the pastor of White Oak Baptist Church, the largest African-American church in our community, is going to be preaching here, and I'm going to be preaching there. We're going to make inroads to bring racial reconciliation in this community, regardless of what we have to do. Does that make sense to you guys? And so, whatever has to happen. We're going to continue to grow in the gospel, because hear me on this, your story is the Ebenezer. Your testimony is how far God has brought us. How much further do you want God to take us? Let's not stop today. We have not arrived. We're just getting started. Y'all with me? So let's pray together and ask God to continue to move in this fellowship and continue to move in our church, continue to move to the ends of the earth. Let's pray together. Father, we love you. God, we thank you. We thank you for what you've done. It's amazing. It's supernatural. No church should be able to exist and flourish in a feed store. But you've done it. No church should ever been started in an aerobics room, but you did it. And God, with the testimonies in this room, 
in the Ebenezer's, Ebenezer's we've, we've been able to experience. God, use us. Be our cornerstone. Do it again, Father. Do the things that are necessary to demonstrate your glory. And so, Father, I pray, I pray that we would not lose our fervor, that we would go, we'd gather, we'd give, we'd grow together, and that you would take us to a next level in doing quality, effective gospel ministry in everything that we're about. Jesus, we love you and we honor you. In Christ's most precious name we pray. Amen.